want to listen and connect, the Broccoli Community Church podcast. We're a group of Christians who meet in South East London and try to live in a way that reflects the love and teaching of Jesus. We hope that as you listen to this talk, it will help you to connect with God. And if you want to find out more about us and what we believe, head over to www.broccolichurch.london. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Maybe maybe doesn't feel quite so happy looking at some of the stuff that's going on around the world, but um, I was listening to something over the Christmas period and uh, they were talking about uh, the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is not about circumstance. The joy of the Lord is not about whether you are uh, pleased with the situation. The joy of the Lord is a sure and steady hope in who he is, in what he's done, and what he's about. So, Happy New Year. We can say Happy New Year because we can, have, we can know the joy of the Lord. The circumstances are difficult for, for many of us in different ways, um, and yet Jesus is with us. So, um, 2020, a new year, a new decade, what's God going to do? What are we going to see him do in us, do through us? Where's he going to stir us? Where's he going to challenge us? Where's he going to encourage us? Where's he going to take us forward? Where's he going to tell us to pause? Where's he going to beckon us forward? Where is he going to sit with us and dwell with us? We're starting off the year with a week of prayer and fasting. Um, And some of us have done that before. Some of us have been part of it. Some of us have thrown ourselves wholeheartedly into it. Some of us have sort of like gone along with it because it's what other people seem to be doing. But we felt when, as a leadership team, when we were talking about uh, prayer and fasting, and it's, it started way beyond this year, um, we, uh, when, when Ash was part of our team, he constantly cur- uh, sort of challenged us, you know, let's fast on a regular basis, not necessarily as a church, but as individuals and as a, as a team. Um, because it's in that fasting that we can start to get hold of God in a different way. So when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So... Um, I put my slippers on because Joe asked me to, to to wear something that was sort of Christmassy and or from Christmas, and uh, and I decided to keep them on because it, I, I was reminded that uh, just under a year ago we were at our weekend away down at Carroty Wood, and um, the thing there is that as you come into the building you have to take your sh- outdoor shoes off and put your slippers on, 
And um, something that uh, Pippa said a while ago is that when you put your slippers on, you have a different, there's a different atmosphere. There's a re- sort of like you relax into it. So I thought, well, I'll keep my slippers on while I preach and let's see how that goes um, today. Um, but just as a very sort of like forward advert for you all, 20, January 2021, we'll be having a weekend away. Um, Alice has already booked in. Um, or is at least looking at uh, being able to come. So uh, there you go. Log that in your heads. We haven't got the fi- actual weekend yet. Um, we're sorting out that out this month. So fasting is not something that the modern church has made up. It's not something that the medieval church made up. It's not something that even the early church made up. Fasting is and has been uh, a thing of the Bible. And the list, as uh, Richard Foster says in his book Celebration of Discipline, the list of biblical personages who fasted reads like a who's who of Scripture. Moses, the lawgiver, David, the king, Elijah, the prophet, Esther, the queen, Daniel, the advisor, Anna, the prophetess, Paul, the Apostle, and the Lord Jesus, just to name a few, all fasted. It was part of their discipline, part of their uh, making time and space for God. And then, since then, some of the Christian greats, um, some, of this, some, of, some of these names may not mean anything to you. It's taken from Richard Foster's book, which was written quite a few years ago now, but uh, Martin Luther... Some people know a bit about Martin Luther, don't they, Kate? Uh, John Calvin, John Knox, John Wesley. We've heard his name a few times. Jonathan Edwards, seems to be a thing about Johns. Um, David Brainerd. Does anyone know who David Brainerd is? You've read a book when you were a teenager. Who, quick, you don't remember anything. I won't ask you then. It's really interesting. No, it's just sort of like is a name. I've, I've heard of others like Charles Finney and David Watson, John Wimber. And then I added a few people like Pete Gregg. I think he's a, he is a modern uh, prophet and uh, prayer maker. If you uh, follow anything on Instagram, follow 24-7 Prayer and Pete Gregg because uh, the prayers that he writes or that they publish just time and again get to the heart of what's going on. Pete Gregg, 24-7 prayer. Justin Welby um, t- talked about fasting, uh, joined with the Pope um, praying for the situation in Sudan, uh, 2018 I think it was, and uh, wrote publicly about it. And many others, both uh, known to us here and uh, uh, in the wider world. But it's, fasting is a thing. That is, that is done uh, and has been done. So should we fast? Is fasting a commandment? Anyone? Those who think, yes, fasting is a commandment, raise your hand. Okay, so four, five, six. Those who don't think that fasting is a command, raise your hands. There's a, there are a lot of people, and I'm really not sure. I don't like this polarity thing. Um, it is not a command. But 
but it's an expectation. This uh, passage um, follows two others that both start with a phrase, when you. So when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Jesus' words to us. So did he say you must fast? No. Did he say you must give? No. Did he say you must pray? No. It's a heart response. It's a love response. It's a desire to get closer to another. Anyone who knows someone who has courted, that's that's an old word, isn't it? Or wooed another. You will have seen that they set aside things in order to get closer to the other. They set aside time. They, they, they stop doing something that they are, in, you, you thought that they were really enthusiastic about it and suddenly it's of no consequence because this other has become the source of all their joy, all of their happiness, all of their, the focus of their attention. And, and Jesus picked up on that in that he said, um, when, when he was with his followers, he said, you'll feast with me while I'm here You'll enjoy my company. You'll, we'll sit down. We'll, we'll eat together. We'll, we will be with one another. But then when I'm not there, well, there's an absence. And you'll need to fast to, to understand what it means to draw close to me. Because it won't be so ready. I won't be so readily available. And so fasting is, is one of the ways in which we can draw near to God, nearer to God, as we focus less on our physical circumstances, less on our physical desires, less on the, uh, the nudges and the interruptions, and more on our spiritual condition, more on our relationship with Jesus. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. So why fast? Jesus was clear that fasting is all about God. There's nothing in what Jesus taught about that was um, that took the sort of like ascetic route. The idea that um, uh, fasting is um, simply and only denying yourself of something. It's not uh, an end in itself. It was. It's always and ever about God, about a focus on God. In the Middle Ages, fasting became that. Uh, there's a real focus on the, on the ascetic nature of it. It was all about um, how can you give up more? How can you deny yourself more? How can you be seen to be doing without less than others around you? Because that necessarily, in their minds, meant that you were more godly, that you were more close to Jesus. But that's a wrong interpretation of what Jesus was saying fasting is about. Um, Anna the prophetess, um, in Luke 2, um, she was in the temple and she was worshipping, she was fasting and she was praying. She was about the business of God. And then um, in the Old Testament, uh, in Zechariah, 
God even challenges the people of Israel around their fasting and says, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the past 70 years, so this has been going on some while, past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Or was it for the show? Was it for how you would be seen? Was it for how it looked to others? And in Acts 13, at a time in the life of the church when it was launching into its mission, when it was really getting going, particularly um, uh, after Peter and Cornelius had had their conversation and, uh, and God had said to, to Peter, you know what, this whole thing about Jews and Gentiles, just get it, get it out of your head. I'm for everyone. So the church was being launched to the Gentiles, if you like. The apostles and the prophets, they were fasting and praying. And then they saw the explosion of the church into the wider world. So fasting is about our focus on God, not about what am I doing without. It's the doing without that helps us to focus, but that's not the point of it. John Wesley, along the similar lines, said, First, let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eyes singly fixed on him. Let our intention herein be this and this alone to glorify our Father who is in heaven. So we call it a week of prayer and fasting. Maybe we should call it a week of worship and fasting. Or fasting and worship. Or simply worship, and that fasting is a part of that. But that's the focus. That's the call on us. That's why we do it. To glorify God. So why fast? Again, as we focus on God in any circumstance, not necessarily just in fasting, but as we focus on God, the things that currently control or dominate our thinking, our focus or our time start to be revealed. Like Joe was saying, she's been just thinking about how she uses her phone and the demand that it, um, that it makes on her. And her time. But maybe there are feelings or emotions or responses or situations that we're, you know, we're, we're keeping at arm's distance at the moment. And actually, as we fast, maybe the anger that sits in us becomes a little more noticeable. We're not just hangry, we just we recognize that there's a, there's a simmering anger there. Or maybe there's a pride in how we do things and how we are, and that fasting helps us to see actually in respect to God, when we stand next to God, what do we have to be proud of? Paul said simply that I boast in Jesus, that he was uh, crucified, that he died, that he rose again. Maybe there's a grumbling in your spirit as well as in your stomach. And that, that's, uh, okay, I need to do something about this. I'm a bit angry with God. I'm a bit fed up with situations or whatever. So maybe as you're fasting, have a, have a journal. A little simple notebook. I'm not going to say phone because some of you may decide that the phone is going to go to the side. Have a, something to write on. Um, taking a note of the things that you reach for, either physically or mentally or emotionally. Do you think things like, I wonder what's going on Instagram? 
I wonder if they've sent me that email yet. When can I stop fasting and have that glass of wine? Or watch the TV? Or have something to eat? Not as a list to condemn and to, uh, to, to put you down, but just to see, ah, those are the things that, without me recognizing it or realizing it, are, are pushing in on my time, on my focus, on my attention. Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, countered the devil and said, we are sustained, or I am sustained by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So like Joe was saying, she put her phone in another room. Maybe she'll replace where her phone was with her Bible. And that's, that's not a suggestion, that's just a maybe. Paul wrote, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. That sense of being breaking free from things. So using this week as an opportunity to reflect on those things that have a grip in some way, shape or form. We've become so used to technology and the influence and the, and the way in which it serves what we do that we quite happily carry around this device with us, many of us. And we'll take it out and look at it, sort of refer to it. Um, and maybe that's, for me, that's where I think I need to um, take my attention away. And it may be for others too. But why fast? Because it helps God to reveal things in us. Not because it condemn, not because he condemns, not because he points the finger and says how awful you are. But he says, do you know, this thing here, is, it gets in the way of my relationship with you. How about you put that to the side just for a little while and give me a bit more of your time, a bit more of your attention, a bit more of your worship. So how to fast? Many of us have been walking the, a life with Jesus for many years. And we have fasted many times before in different ways, at different times, for different reasons, different purposes. <coughs> but it's a good opportunity just to refresh, um, refresh ourselves and think again about this. So what is something that if you take a different attitude towards it, give it a different level of priority in your day-to-day life, it will allow you more time or space, mental or physical, or opportunity to spend with God. If it's food, maybe fast from a lunchtime to a lunchtime. Or cut out the sweet things. Or maybe not eat meat for the week if you currently do eat meat. There's a whole load of pictures here which I didn't think about what order they were going to come up in. So I'll put them all up and then we can work through them. Um, Or one that occurred to me, which might be really odd, but cook without flavouring. So where you might normally put herbs and spices and salt and pepper in so that you cook it just as it is. So that the, the meal sustains you but it's maybe not the enjoyable 
experience than it might normally be. Bit odd, I know, but came to me. Family, watch out. Um, technology, maybe convert your smartphone to a, an old-style phone. Turn off the Wi-Fi, turn off the network access, the data access. Um, I'm going to offload my social media apps. So Facebook is going to get offloaded. Instagram, Twitter, they're going to go. So if you post anything on there or expect to see anything from me on there, you won't. Or maybe in terms of technology, refrain from watching TV or Netflix or Prime. Other streaming services are available. Or playing video games, maybe that's what you do. Or just trawling through the internet, clicking on the clickbait. How this celebrity looks 20 years after they starred in a film. You click through 20 slides, not personally, I, I, know that I know what they're on to. You click through 20 slides thinking that you've got to the last one and it's still not the celebrity that you were looking for. You click through another 10 and they're still not there. Click through to number 40. Nearly there, it says at the bottom. And it's another 20 or 30 before you get there. And in the meantime, they've made mountains of money out of all the adverts that have splashed up on your screen. I'll get off my high horse. Um, or maybe if you are a Spotify junkie or an Amazon Music junkie or even a CD junkie, choose to listen to worship music this week. Set up your playlists to listen to worship rather than to whatever Spotify thinks that you ought to listen to. Um, if it's to do with drink, maybe take only water all week. Cut out the tea, the coffee, the alcohol. Or if you don't feel that you can do without those tastes, then maybe take the caffeine out of some of them. Maybe that's n that isn't something that would particularly challenge you at all. So I'd say leave that one and, and look for something different. But remember, as Pete so helpfully showed us, the taking away is only part of it. It's what you fill the space with. That is, the, is if you like, the purpose. And it's, the, it's making space and time for God. It might make you feel a bit different, maybe a bit lost, even a bit miserable at times. But use that to turn to Jesus, to seek his face, to worship him. And remember, we're doing this as a church. There are others who are doing this at the same time. So some resources that you might want to get hold of to help you during this week. Um, Lectio 365, uh, recently been launched by 24-7 Prayer. It's an app um, in, uh, on Apple and on Android um, and is a 10-minute devotion. Uh, really, really helpful. They have, you can either read it or you can listen to it. People like Pete Gregg and the team there. Um, so if you decide to, to sort of fast from your technology, this is the special dispensation if you choose to use this as a resource. It, it is really good. Re I, I highly recommend it as a, as a help in your prayer life, prayer life, life in general, but prayer life. Uh, Bible in One Year, um, uh, set up by HTB many years ago, is a really helpful way of 
engaging with scripture, um, how to pray. I spoke about this book last week, uh, last year rather, by Pete Gregg, um, and lots of different helpful ways to engage with prayer, um, and is also the basis on which the Lectio um, 365 is built. So pause, reflect, ask, and yield. Um, also, uh, you might want to take the time to get hold of this book. I bought this uh, back in early 1992 for £3.50. It's probably a bit more now. This is still a go-to book on spending time with Jesus. Um, many people that I listen to uh, today refer back to it as being a sort of really good source of, of reference and suggestion and biblical basis for uh, spending time with Jesus. Um, the prayercourse.org um, is, uh, that's again linked to 24-7 prayer and um, has different tools that you can use to help you um, focus on Jesus in this week. And then we've got these times. Um, so Monday evening at our house, uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, Wednesday evening at the Priors, 8 o'clock. Friday morning, um, in the bulletin I put 9.30. What I, what I want to say to you is, if you want to host a time of prayer this week, whether it's two people, three people, ten people, however many, let me know and I will let others know. Because it may be that you're thinking, actually, the evenings don't work for me. But I'm on my way to the station, so or um, or I'm going to be at home before I make my way to the station for 45 minutes, for half an hour, something like that. doesn't need to be a big, long time to go. But just say, and if people want to come and pray with me, I'm going to be praying at at this time, at this address, and we'll let people know. Because... Um, the whole thing about the prayer and, and fasting is, as I said, it's not about the structure. It's not about the, the, the stuff of it. It's about opportunity to worship Jesus and getting together. So a couple more things, or one more thing before, uh, before I finish. Um, I'll talk about more of this next week at our forum. Um, But this is what we feel God is saying to us for 2020. These three phases, or phrases rather, growing up, looking out, and welcoming home. And uh, what I would uh, like you to do in this coming week as you pray, as you fast, is to spend some time uh, asking God about this. Saying, what, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to the groups that I'm part of? What do you want to say to the church out of this? Um, And uh, the scripture that we are going to use as a a background to that is Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25. Um, So you might want to use that as well as uh, something to um, meditate on as you're praying during this week as you're worshipping, as you're spending time with Jesus. Um, so that's, um, as I said, I'll say more about that this next week at the, uh, at the forum.
So when you fast, how will you do it? That's what Jesus said, when you fast. So I'm just borrowing his words. When you fast, how will you do it? What is it that is, as you maybe take away or as you add, will give you the space and the opportunity to spend time with Jesus this week in a different way or at a different time? What is it that you can choose to turn away from so that you can turn towards him? What is it that you can put down in order to pick something up. I'm going to finish by reading. Uh, this is a, a Sabbath blessing. that was It was in the Lectio 365 this morning. And uh, I want to pray this for, not just for today, but uh, for this week, that we would know this as we seek Jesus. And so... May this day, may this week bring Sabbath rest to our hearts and to our homes. May God's image in us be restored and our imaginations in God be restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me into the week and into the life to come. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Whatever you're doing, just take a moment and reflect on what you've heard and ask God to show you something to take away from it to help you follow him. And if you're ever in the area on a Sunday, you're really welcome to come and join us from 10.30 at Beecroft Garden School, 